0: No ties, no peace. No ties, no peace. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Adrian Payne has got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Adrian Payne has got to go. Just say no, keep Rubio. Just say no, keep Rubio. What do we want?
1: Playoffs. When do we want it? As soon as possible, as long as we don't shortchange the future by making win now moves.
0: Episode 40 of Wolves Cast, the show where all proceeds from this week's free podcast will be donated to the ACLU. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks well, for listening. Thanks for getting in here with us and protesting. Gotta we live in a protest culture now. We just gotta be doing it every day.
1: Every day is <laughs> a struggle. But uh, you know, the fight is real. Resist. Hey. Absolutely. You can guys. donate for real to the ACLU. They're a good cause, you know? Set that reoccurring payment. It's a sustaining
0: membership. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. You gotta listen to this show. You gotta give to the ACLU. Those are the things that are necessary. Let's go. let gotta Let's do it. Gotta make sure that people like Neil can get health
1: care. <laughs> being in a band, yeah, not exactly. gonna get health care from
0: that. Neil, the help I can get you guys, come on.
1: I might need health care after you broke my ankles at basketball the other week. <laughs> I pick up hoops. Although to be fair, someone was stepping on my stepping on my foot. It was stepping on my bum foot too. And uh, you crossed me over and went the other way, and I couldn't go with you because uh, this dude was stepping on my foot. So just just so you know, you didn't really shake me out of my feet.
0: It was uh, <laughs> someone else's fault. Yeah, it's somebody else's fault. <laughs> yes, indeed. Another week of Timberwolves basketball. We appreciate you joining us. Make sure that you are subscribing to the show. We are Wolvescast. Cast. You can find us everywhere you find your podcast, iTunes. Or, you know, on a website. I'm sure if you have a, you know, a podcast app on your phone, you'll be able to search for our show. And Find it. Do we still
1: put on SoundCloud?
0: N- uh, no, no more SoundCloud. We have got a real aggregator. Guess, yeah. ITunes now. Yeah. We're legit. Um, so, yes, that is what's happening. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at WolvesCast. Sometimes we tweet way after the games. Like, if I'm watching, I'm trying to get better
1: about if I watch the game at like midnight, like being like, I don't care, I'll just tweet at midnight. It doesn't matter that they've all seen it already,
0: you know? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes yeah. I do some late tweeting because I'm always watching the game on DVR. Uh, This week on the show, you guys, we're going to get through um, the games that happened this week uh, for the Wolves. Uh, We have some headlines to get to about uh, the little little winning streak happening, a little winning streak, a little uh, last couple weeks have been good to the Wolves. We're going to talk about that a little bit, talk about the upcoming home stand. Um, We have a sponsor, as usual. Uh, We have uh, five questions with uh, team photographer David Sherman today on the show. Uh, worried, Not Worried, Weekly Wolfies, and of course, a game, always doing those things on Cast. So yeah, it's time to go, it's time to do it, it's time to talk Timberwolves basketball. Uh, after this show, rec- we recorded this show last week, we had another Thursday game, Scott, we yep. had Thursday games, we had uh Isn't it great to know, two know that two <laughs> weeks. there
1: isn't a game we're missing right now? Yeah, we're good. Everyone will know the outcome too, that we can't talk to. <laughs> No, this is great. Uh, we can actually just talk because we do not, we're not ignoring a game that's currently on.
0: Yeah, last week, uh, Indiana, home game against Indiana. Uh, Wolves lost 103-109. Kind of an ugly game. Weird Indiana team. They've Weird changed game. a
1: lot. They've changed a lot <laughs> in the past few years. Yeah, But uh, this kind of reminded me of one of the older, uh, the more classic uh, Paul George Indiana team games where it was like a God. lot of defense... Really sloppy for both teams. We got crazy turnovers going both ways. Felt like one of those kind of like grinding, grind out games that like the Memphis Grizzlies used to give you all
0: the time. You know, Pacers were known for. Paul George is so clutch, just hitting jays over everybody that night. That was uh, definitely a Paul George game. He was wonderful in this one. So so good, so good out there. That's Paul George is always the guy. Them thinking, I hope Wiggins. That's the model for me for Wiggins to become that guy, solid on solid on defense and just clutch and just just can score in so many different ways on offense.
1: But like I think Wiggins is always going to like have trouble defending these like six ten guys with the wingspan like Paul yeah. George. Like Wiggins is six eight and he doesn't, you know, I mean, we all know Wiggins is going to get stronger. as he, yeah. he muscles up Fill as out. he grows. Yeah, but he's still not going to. I think he'll always struggle to defend these guys. So we need somebody who can be. You know, like we've said before, Wiggins plays better when he's the shooting guard or when yeah. he's, he's the smaller of the two wings. And so I think we're definitely need somebody who can be the lockdown wing defender. Maybe it'll be Towns as the guy who is going to check the other teams, Kevin Durant or Paul George <laughs> or Yanni on a consistent Step basis. Step out. But uh, right now, our team needs that because Wiggins, man, he struggles and for good reason. He's getting, you know, Paul George is a big guy. It's a former Wolves in this game, Big Al. Oh, several for Welcome back, Big Al. Do you see any Big Al jerseys in the crowd on TV? I don't remember <laughs> if we noticed any. I'm sure some people were I bet there rocking a bunch it. at the game. Yeah. Uh, Thad Young back Ooh. in the building. Uh, that short half season we had with Thaddeus. Thaddeus. And then uh, what was the last guy? Glenn Robinson. Glenn Robinson III. Also might be in the dunk contest I hear this yeah, year. Yeah, let's go. So you know, I never got a like shot to here. like see that. Just getting some time in Indy. Um, yeah, I love watching Big Al work. Got him on my fantasy team. He does a... Puts in the numbers. He's not very good on defense, but uh, I love watching his low post
0: game. Yeah, this was one I thought the Wolves would probably have won, but uh, Indiana—they're a decent team. They're uh, they're kind of up and down over the course of this season. That's all right. Lost that game. They
1: don't even have George Hill anymore. George Hill yeah. has been killing us for Jeff years
0: Teague. when he was with Indiana. but you actually had an all right now. On Saturday, uh, Brooklyn came to town. The Wolves took care of them, one twenty nine to one oh nine. This was the Wolves taking care of business, yeah, right here. You know, maybe the, the the Pacers. I would have liked to beat the Pacers, but it was kind of like, eh. I don't know, that, could, that 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 can be a solid team, whereas the and Nets the, the are the got, worst team in the league,
1: period. The Pacers have, like, even if the Pacers are having trouble and their pieces don't fit together and they're a kind of weird team, Paul George is an NBA superstar, mm. who I think is right now better than anybody on the Wolves team. Yes, And he played like a superstar. And so Ooh. sometimes, uh, you know, we'll probably get to this at the end of our game recaps, sometimes you run into a superstar who plays like a superstar and you just got to tip your cap to him, and Brooklyn <laughs> doesn't have any of those. Uh, the closest they have is Brooke Lopez, Ooh. who was playing very well against the Jim Rolls, but he wasn't enough. He's the only good player on that team right now, honestly. Yeah. Trevor Booker was going off because he's their only other like guy who would be a role player on any other yeah, NBA exactly. team. Man, it's so sad to watch the Nets. It's so sad to watch the Nets. But this was this is what I was telling the poem. Shout out to Paul while we were watching it. Um, was I was like, you know what? Is This is the worst team in the league, by far. Hands down. Worst team in the league. And we're blowing them out as we should, but it's still, that feels better than not blowing them out. Like if we had just like <laughs> yeah. gutted out like a five point win or something, that one time felt as good. So I'm glad that we blew them out. This
0: is what you should do to bad teams, especially
1: bad teams that you lost to earlier in the season.
0: I mean, I think they'd won two games on the road going into this game, right? So They've especially won, what, when they nine come to your building, the season.
1: yeah, they're. Yeah. Uh, it, they are in the saddest thing of all is they don't even have that pick. They're going to get the number one pick
0: and not even keep they're it. They're going to be the worst team in the league and they're just going to hand it on over to Boston. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, why are they keeping Brooke Lopez? Man, something's got to happen there. Um, the, this game reminded me of when the Wolves were like bottom of the barrel bad the last couple of years where yeah. you play another lottery team and you think you might have a chance. But then they blow you out anyway. It must right. be so dispiriting for Nets fans. It's like, oh, the Wolves. Yeah, even the they're bad the, teams. They're not in the playoffs. Maybe, maybe tonight. Right. But then we just just dismiss them. That's so hard. That's so hard to be at the very bottom and not be able to even get a scrap. <laughs> the Nets are a symbol of what our
1: country is going to be like after four years of Trump. <laughs> Four years of uh, what was his name? Uh, I'm blanking on his name now. The Russian who owns the Nets, uh, uh, Mikhail Prokhorov. Prokhorov. Yeah, you know he ran his country or he ran his <laughs> team like Trump is running this country right now. I haven't heard his name in forever. Did he sell his ownership share? Of the I think team? he's just taking. You no, know, he still owns the team, but he's I think he just back. He stepped back. He realized like making all these promises about how good the Nets are going to be was just putting egg on his face. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so good to see a win there against. Does a bad that make? Team. I was about. I was wondering this on the ride over. I was like. Man, is there a team that Trump cheers for in basketball? I was like, probably the Knicks because he's a New Yorker. Sure. But it totally makes sense to be the Nets because it's run by this Russian billionaire. And, yeah. And Trump probably owes that guy money somehow. Yeah, it's his homies over there. He they can got him see. elected.
0: Yeah, the Nets. He rolled back the regulations against that hacking group that helped him win today. Monday night, uh, Orlando came to town and the Wolves got the 111-105 overtime win. What a fun game. What a fun game. What a fun time at Target Center this was. Yeah, Neil, you went to the Game went to the game with the aforementioned uh, Matt Pullum. Shot to Pullum. That was fun to go to Target Center and see the Wolves get a win, especially in overtime. Especially, it was just a super fun game in general. This game had it all: the heroics, <laughs> the slam dunks,
1: the blocks. It was a block party up in there. You know, <laughs> different players had their moments to shine. Andrew Wiggins continues just to be an assassin in the fourth quarter. He's your go-to guy when you need buckets. He's dunking on everybody, hitting clutch shots, just like calling his own number every time and just tearing it yeah. up. Gets us into overtime by on his own. And then Belly blocks that shot to start out overtime. Belly hits this crazy reverse layup. You remember that reverse layup Belly hit? I couldn't believe it. He looked like Dr. J.
0: Yeah, he was soaring right there. But yeah, definitely a fun game. Lots of highlights, lots of uh, memorable moments. Ricky had a
1: tip in rebound. He cut in, got the offensive rebound, and then tipped it back in. I have <laughs> It
0: was crazy. That doesn't happen. Ricky is a very good rebounder for his position, for sure. But you just you just don't see him ever shoot at the basket, let alone off a, off a I, rebound. I haven't <laughs> even mentioned yet that
1: Ricky hit six three pointers in that game, career high for Ricky. This was just an insane game. Super fun. Um, we could debate whether it should have been that
0: close at the end, you know. Ooh. But either way, we got that win. Yeah, Wolves triumphed over adversity. Wolves are up like not up nine with like three minutes ago, I think, or four minutes ago. And yeah, the, the Magic storm back with a thirteen to two run or something yeah. to send it in overtime. But held uh, on, held got on, that win, held on. No, that was not the coin sound effect.
1: <laughs> you knew the coin. Uh, the coin. I think this is the coin. There you go. There Mario coin. I thought it said macaroon.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. But I see you've mashed up the words Mario together. coin. Oh, Definitely a good game. It was fun to see the Wolves take care of business in overtime and at the end of the game. This was one I could see them you know, slipping away. I think this is definitely... There's lots of games you can mark down as this uh, sort of in the early part of the season. Maybe they wouldn't have got this win. No, you know, first November, December, this would be a loss. But uh, right now, this game, um, maybe the uh, what some of the other games uh, recently where they've won, you know, at the end of the game, held on. It's new stuff for the team. Yeah, <laughs> held on for the win.
1: Um, there's something that happened in this game that I've I i do not think I've ever seen in a Timberwolves game before. Oh, uh, please! And I've been watching for years, yeah, years and years. <laughs> I've seen all the games. Something you've never seen. Ricky had an open shot and he he thought about taking it, and then he passed it up, and the whole crowd groaned. They went, oh, they wanted Ricky to take that shot so badly
0: that they were like, ah, he didn't take that shot. I mean, being in the building for this game where Ricky's shooting like that was really something. I mean, people, I mean, you've heard it this year, early in the season, he's getting boos, he's getting heckled for his shot, but when he's hitting it, People are loving People it. People love it. People love it because they know that it is rare. Right. Exactly. <laughs> They're celebrating. They know that they are seeing something special because he does not always hit those shots. And so yet the craziest
1: thing about that game was all the enthusiasm, wild game, monster dunks, overtimes, and yet it got twice as loud when the cherry berry thing happened. Uh. Yeah, we gotta got find the cherry a way berry to. At the Bionbo, I, I, wrote, I think. I wrote it? in my notes. Can we build the entire plane out of the cherry berry enthusiasm in the way that like people say? You know, when, you always find the black box survives the plane. So why yeah. don't we build the plane out of the black box? I was just like, how do we channel that enthusiasm? And I think you have to change up the promotion. I saw the other yeah. night before the. Uh, Cavs game. They I saw in their jumbotron that if the Cavs score 100 points, everyone gets a McDonald's sandwich the next game. So that's one that's just more achievement based, you know. Yeah, so I, like I think like, if you make the conditions of unlocking your cherry berry be less based on a free throw, which is so random. If you made it on, you know, something like if we score, if we win by 10 or something, you know, then people would be going <laughs> crazy. Even if we're up by nine at the end of a game, you know, yeah.
0: that's what you got to do all right uh anything else cherry berry time the most dreaded words orlando scott orlando for you anything else for you
1: uh i you know i envy you for going it was was a very fun game but uh i had so much i was like yelling at my tv i watched it late because i took my wife out shout out to my beautiful wife meg it was her birthday this week happy birthday meg and uh happy birthday to her twin sister lauren as well double birthday (laughs) happy birthdays Uh, she listens yeah (laughs) Uh, maybe i don't know Uh, but uh Maybe she will if I shot her out. Yeah. But, uh, I, took her, I took her out to a nice steak dinner, and uh, it was kind of the best of both worlds. I got this delicious steak dinner meal, and then I got to come home and watch
0: that amazing Wolves game late <laughs> at night. Perfect. Perfect. So, uh,
1: I watched it late.
0: All right. And then capping off the week, uh, Tuesday night, uh, the first day of February, the Wolves start off the month with a loss in Cleveland. What a beatdown, 125 to 97. The Wolves lose right there. Uh, the, the, you know, the Cavs had a losing month. In January, I believe they went six and eight. They were looking pretty vulnerable right there. Well, they Braun just lost wants new players. They just lost to the Mavericks this week. They lost which to the Mavericks. One, they lost the Pelicans, a team that is
1: as bad as us, you know? Yeah, the Pelicans too. Yeah, yeah. And so they lost some bad ones, and that's probably I told Matt. Shouts to Paul. <laughs> I said, you know what? Three the Mavs, show. the Mavs winning against the Cavs is the worst thing that could have happened to the Timberwolves because they beat the ca- you they beat the
0: Cavs and the Spurs.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so, like the Cavs were going to have the rebound game; they weren't going to lose two in a row to the Mavs, then the Timberwolves. So, of course, LeBron decides to play this entire game. Uh, I don't think I remember him sitting down until the end. You know, basically, it's stupid that he's
0: leading the league in minutes.
1: It's just stupid.
0: I mean, he had that Zach Levine like I'm going to play with the bench squad teams and they murdered us yeah the bench squad plus lebron like w- there were moments where it was like shabazz was trying to guard him uh you know Gorgi, uh bielitsa all got switched onto him and it was lights there, out there are a wiggins few is that the only LeBron. guy we have yeah. who can sort of check him
1: and even then you it's just like Too thin yeah it's just like watching like you know uh I'm trying to think of a good example, like a it, horror may, movie. Maybe it's like watching like a college wrestler go against a <laughs> WCW wrestler, just in terms of like seeing this like skinny little frame, you know, Ooh. go against this like roided out. Just like man, LeBron. Uh, we were talking if LeBron does steroids or not, and I was saying hard to know. We can never know. But, man, is he a physical feat of impressive, you know? Yeah, man, Yeah, totally. That guy is huge, and he's so fast, and he never breaks down. And we are taking him for granted, and Ty Lue is running him into the ground right now. I want him to be fresh for the playoffs. Yeah. I was saying, sometimes we get Super Saiyan LeBron in the playoffs, not many times. In that series against the Spurs, game six, headband came off, Super Saiyan LeBron. Ooh, I loved it. Got to the finals first time against the Warriors. Had nobody on his team, so he did it all himself. Second-level Super Saiyan LeBron. Then last year, we saw him go off when they're down 3-1, had the three best games of his career. I'm just saying, like, I want to see LeBron... Ascend to a higher level of greatness in the playoffs, and he can't do that if he's playing forty minutes in January. Okay, yeah. don't stop. You know, just stop. Just sign Mario Chalmers off the. You know, just sign him and let him do some ball handling.
0: Wolves played well. I mean, this was a good game in the first half. Really fun game, first half for the Wolves. They were sticking with it. That you know, it was a tight game. They were they were hanging in there. But uh, man, the Cavs really just kind of rounded into form. I think in the second in the second half, Kyle Korver hitting shots. Cavs were just too good. Wolves' uh, defense kept getting twisted up. They're scrambling out to shooters and stuff. All those shooters that the Cavs have, the pick and roll, Wolves could not defend it at all. It was, it was lights out uh, for, the, <laughs> for, for, for the Wolves there
2: I thinking, uh, in the second half.
1: Shumpert's got the kind of body type that would be good for like, guarding the Paul George, where he's just a little bit yeah. taller, a little bit longer than Wiggins, I feel like. you know, Love his hair. Shout out to Shumpert's hair. <laughs> There's a good braid going on. I wonder if he gets his wife to braid his hair like my wife braids my hair. Probably.
0: You didn't even compliment my hair. Braid Somebody, tonight. it's so tight, it's nice and tight. Yeah, that looks like it hurts. <laughs> uh, no, I don't feel it. <laughs> looks, looks painful. Uh, okay, let's talk about a few other things. Uh, Scott Wolves been playing well. Last twelve games, eight and four. That's. That's more like it right mm-hmm. there. That is more like it, even with the loss to the Cavs, even with the loss to Indiana. I was reading uh, uh,
1: Britt's piece, and we'll maybe talk about that more later. Yeah. You should all read it. He's got an interview with the coach over the an tibs. hour at Min Post. And part one came up yesterday. Part two is coming out tomorrow. You all should read it because we'll probably talk about it next week. Let's talk about it next week. You've had time to read it. Yeah. Um, but it, in that piece, he said, Well, you guys started this poorly, and then after this, you are 12 and 10. So even in our past, like 20, uh, two games were twelve and ten. Yeah. So, that's pretty good. Um, I will definitely take it. That's kind of what we thought we were had as a team coming into the season. We thought we were just gonna be at five hundred or maybe a few games over five hundred, so
0: twelve and ten is kinda kinda yeah, like that. You that's know definitely more like it's got you have some stats here from uh, from Britt Robson uh that uh follow Britt was tweeted from Paul Swanson, mm-hmm. uh, Wolf Stack Guru. I would like to know who Paul Swanson is. I don't think he's on Twitter. He just you know Jim Pete tweets stats from him. Swanee says mm. that kind of thing. Stats from Swanee. I want to meet Swanee. We've got to get him on the show sometime. <laughs> Swanee, if you're out there. Swanee. He might be Let's private. Go. He
1: might be like one of Ron's Friday brothers. Five questions like with Swanee. Learned, Let's go. We learned in uh, Parks and Rec <laughs> season, yeah. the last season. He's got all these brothers. <laughs> a mysterious number in the hotel. So he's, uh, according to this stat, the Wolves in their first 24 games were 27th in defensive rating. There's 30 teams in the league. Bottom of the league. Not good. But yet, in our last 24 games, we're 7th in defensive rating. Kanis uh, Hoopus, another great blog you should follow, pointed out that this is mostly due to better rebounding, not fouling as much. But that is just fine with me because fouling the team a lot is a really bad you know it's like giving them free points it's basically like our offense was terrible for the past five years but the one thing that kept us like above water was that we always got to the free throw line yeah and so like if you're letting them go to the free throw line it you know you're driving up their effective field goal percentage and so like just cutting out on that and i've been harping on rebounds all year we can't give them second chance points so even though other aspects of our defense haven't really improved as much just the rebounding and the free throws and not fouling as much is huge It's, it's huge it's huge and uh, you know, man, is it fun to to watch a Timberwolves team that plays
0: defense? You yeah, know? they've been great over the last twenty games or so. I think they're in the top ten. Um, the rotation since the middle just- of December, so you know they they're definitely. More of the team we thought we'd be getting, you know, the the 6-18 and 18 team to start the season well, was, you know, one. something of, I don't know if it's an anomaly, but just sort of like getting their footing, right. I think is kind of what was happening there. Well, it didn't uh,
1: hurt, I mean, it didn't help us that uh, Rubio was injured at the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah, Rubio that, was
0: injured. That was bad for um, our
1: start, and then... In the uh, interview with uh, Tibbs, Tibbs said that Shabazz was hurt to start the season, for, so that was yeah. kind of the reason he came on slow.
0: Yeah, I said he missed a bunch of days in training camp um, you know, and didn't, maybe maybe wasn't in the best of shape because of that. Um, but yeah, Shabazz has been playing better. Another stat from Britt Robson, Shabazz Muhammad is 5 of 25 uh, in his first 24 games from three. That's 20%. Shooting 20 to come out of the gates, and then since then, um, in the second 24 games, 27 to 51, that's good for about 53% um, from three. I mean, you've seen it. If you're watching the games, Jim Peake keeps saying it. it, it you assume it's going in yeah. these days when he puts that ball up from three. It looks Especially like it's going in.
1: Especially from the corners. He's shooting 50% from the corners right now. And it's gotten to the point where... It gives us so much more flexibility. If Zach's not bringing yeah. it, then we can bring in Shabazz, and then Shabazz can take the bigger wing defender. Like Let's Wiggins cook a little bit more. And so some of our best lineups over this past month of, of winning is that, uh, and some of this is that Zach Levine's been cold. He's been yeah. very cold, especially yeah. since that hip injury. He's slumping. Thinking face emoji. That's one of my favorite emojis. The one where the guy's got like his hand in your th- face, the thumb and the forefinger, yeah. like because mm. that's what it's like since Zach got hurt and came back. And said he wasn't going to do the dunk contest. I think he's playing
0: hurt. Yeah, he's figuring it out.
1: because uh, he's had a cold stretch, but it been—we've been buoyed by
0: Shabazz. You know, he just had a great month. Okay, so better basketball for the Wolves right now, and this leads us into our upcoming homestand. Shabazz even hit a right, righty hook. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Totally. He yeah. can add
1: that to his game. Anything.
0: He had an assist too. Crazy he had basketball. an assist too. I mean, that's, that's something. Um, so the upcoming homestand. Upcoming home stands. Six of the next eight are at home yep. at Target Center. We've so been good at home we get lately. to keep this thing going. Hopefully, um, uh, the next eight games at Detroit uh, here Friday when you're listening to this. Hopefully, uh, and then at home, Memphis, Miami, Toronto, Pelicans, uh, Chicago Bulls, Cleveland Cavs, and then we're at Denver, and that leads us up into the uh, All Star break. So some more opportunities to get some more wins. I think hopefully we can keep this thing going.
1: Yeah. Um, so we got. Six games in a row, like you said at home. Yeah. Memphis, Miami, Toronto, Pelicans, Bulls, and Cavs. Let's take the Cavs off the list, Neil. Which of those five (laughs) games would you most like to see in person?
0: Uh, Yeah. Knowing
1: you have a lot of conflicts, you can't go to them all.
0: But I'm just saying,
1: if you could go to anyone.
0: I mean, I would like to see Toronto. They're the only time they're coming through. I love seeing the Eastern Conference teams. Um that's probably not a game. I mean Toronto's not playing very well right now, but uh you know maybe we can, uh, get, that win. Maybe we can get that win there, Hopefully. but uh I agree.
1: I think Toronto's the right answer. Yeah, Just I because I've s- I've seen Memphis already this season, I feel like? <laughs> I've, yeah. seen, I, I've seen Memphis and Pel- the Pelicans live like At least six times over the last three years. You know, like I've seen them, I've seen their team a lot. Yeah. And uh, you're right. The Toronto, you know, they only come once a season. So that'd be fun. I'd like to bring a big sign that says, We're the actual North, you know, (laughs) the real North. We the real North. Actually, if. We're being technical. Portland's the real north. They're the mo- northernmost NBA sure. city. yeah. But Minneapolis, also
0: more, th- more northern more than Toronto. More north than Canada. Come on. Come on, Canada. Get it in line. Toronto, you're pretty far south as far as Canada goes. We know. Hopefully, you can pick up a few wins. Um, obviously,
1: I think Cleveland's probably... Uh, you don't expect to win the Cleveland game. Toronto's been playing bad, but maybe you Mark that as lost. But I think Memphis, Miami, uh, Pelicans, and Chicago are all winnable yeah, games. Win. All right. Time to get to our sponsor, everybody. Uh, yeah. 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 This is uh, we just want to give a shout out to our sponsor this week. We understand that they were thinking about airing this ad on the Super Bowl instead. And we said, you know what? We'll give you a lot more bang for your buck. Yeah, it's we about, got you right it's here. It's not about reaching the most
0: people, it's about reaching the right people. You guys there's a brand new show. It's happening on Facebook Live. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. It's called End of the Bench, and it comes to us from our very own Jordan Hill. That's right. It's That's a live right. stream,
1: it occurs during games. So maybe you haven't seen it because you're watching the game too close. But just tune in. You can watch on your phone. You get Jordan Hill's perspective from the end of the bench where he does regular interviews. He does a short monologue with you know jokes, topical references to the day's news. Yeah, He has guests, musical guests
0: sometimes. He talks to the people around him at the end of the bench. It's a really smart idea. Jordan Hill knows, hey, I'm not going to get in this game. I'm down here at the end of the bench. I'm not going to play. I might as well uh, sneak a phone onto the bench and uh, record what's happening. So he shoots everything from the bench. He's talking to his teammates. He is, you know, shooting the coach. Adrian
1: Payne is like his uh, sidekick. He's like Pauly Shore. Yeah. You know, he just says, he says, he sits there and goes, ooh, Wee. super funny. Super Jordan. funny. Yeah. Uh, so it's on Facebook Live. You have your phone at the arena. It's tough because there's no Wi-Fi there yet. It's going <laughs> to kill your data streaming. It's a very concrete block of a stadium that they're in. But maybe you're just watching at home. Whenever you see that little iPhone light come on at the end of the bench, you should pick up your phone because you know he just went live. Your friend Jordan Hill just went
0: live. He's down there. He's shooting this show. He's got interviews with his other friends from the end of the bench. He's got interviews. He talks
1: to the weird people who walk behind the bench and touch the players. Ooh, so weird. Don't do that.
0: Don't take selfies. Don't do any of that. But he will, you know, hey, I guess if Jordan Hill's going to do a show about end of the bench, yep. you might end up in- on it, so um, make sure you check that out. It's lots of fun. He's interviewing you know, the trainers, uh, the doctors, the team, physicians, people you don't really get to hear from very often at the end of the bench. So that's the whole point of the show. Yeah. Jordan Hill's Facebook Live show, you guys. In his most recent episode, he, he had a. Maybe one of the best segments yet where
1: he got stretched out by a trainer for about three minutes. <laughs> it was amazing. I was wondering if he was going to go into the game.
2: Nope, just nope. felt
0: tight. Nope, just felt a little tight. Needed to feel better for, for uh, you know, halftime warm-ups and stuff like that. So those are the types of things you can expect from Jordan Hill's Facebook Live show, End of the Bench. Check that out right now on Facebook. Yeah. All right. Up next. Brought to you by Facebook. Brought to you by Facebook. They know everything about you. All right. Up next, we have five questions with David Sherman. All right. Welcome back to the show. It is five questions with, and today we have five questions with David Sherman. David, thanks for joining me today.
2: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. David Sherman is the team photographer for the Timberwolves and Lynx. Um, David, you've been with the team for a long time. Is it true since 1996? Is that when you started with I the team? That's
2: right, yeah. Wow. Uh, Stefan Marbury's rookie year.
0: <laughs> That's how you remember <laughs> it. Seems
2: funny to say that. Yeah, I never. I can never remember exactly how many years. I'm always counting, 96, 97, 97, 98. Count on my fingers and then I lose track at about 15. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like 2021. 20,
0: All right, yeah. David, so David's been the team photographer uh, for over 20 years. And um, he's joining us today on the show. We're going to get to some questions with him we have five questions question number one david what's your day, game day routine like um you know setting up i imagine you have a lot going on on any game day situation uh when do you get in and what kind of things do you have to do to get ready for a, a, a full day of, of shooting
2: right well that's a great question um game days start for me about two o'clock between two and three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, Get to target center uh if uh, a lot of times we have a full setup which means that we have to install all of our remote cameras usually i do a uh, camera behind the glass mm. behind the backboard uh one they now have a little cut out in the pad underneath the basket mm. which gives you a kind of a really sweet wide angle Um, and then we'll do a third camera, which might be, uh, up in the catwalk. Uh, we've been running one on a side view recently. Um, and we do that, or we'll do it over the basket, or we might bring it down and kind of make a slash. what we call slash camera, which is kind of an angle from the side. Um, and they're all pre, we pre-focus, pre-set them up, uh, they're timed, so not, uh, they're synced so that they all fire at the same time. You trigger them all. I trigger them all. One trigger, three three frames, (laughs) uh, one flash. Wow. So it's all, uh, there's this technology piece, which is fun to try to figure out and make sure they work right and worry about if they're working right or not. Wow. Um, So that starts about between 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. If there's nothing in Target Center between games, Uh, We can leave some of our cameras installed. Usually, I'll leave the glass camera in. Um, No one's really going to bother that. No one (laughs) has anyway in 20 years. Um, And so it's a matter of going in, getting things turned on, making sure uh, things are still functioning right. Uh, Cameras have disks in them. They're all loaded. Uh, And then we do the computer. We get our folders set up, get the... Captioning system set up. Make sure the communication with the league is all set up. Um, Have dinner about uh, 5, 5.30. 6 o'clock, we're on the court. We're getting ready for pregame stuff. Uh, 7 o'clock tip and we might shut the lights off about 10.30.
0: Yeah. So do you have any, like, besides shooting the game and the pregame and stuff, do you have any other things you need to take care of photo-wise? Like, is there other, you know, you know something, you know, maybe at, at, Mayo, at Mayo Clinic Center or, you know, some sort of pregame thing? Is there anything else you need to shoot that's not, like, basketball-related or, like,
2: court-related uh, on a game day? Well, I try not to. Yeah. Stay uh, out of the way. Yeah. I try. I used to not really – uh, I used to put it all into the game day, but I yeah. learned that I'm better and my photos are better if I separate that stuff out. Uh, we'll do uh, new people on the Timberwolf staff might need a headshot, people yeah. in basketball operations. So I might do that on the court. Just really simple, nice. really uh, quick. Yep. Um, I try to keep game days for games. Sure. Uh, might have a meeting at Mayo uh, Clinic Square ahead of time, like 1.30, 2 o'clock, and then get over to Target Center. But I try to keep game days for games.
0: Nice. Okay, so what's the best or mo- uh, question number two, what's the best or most memorable feedback you've gotten from a player – about um, a photo that you shot. Is there anything that comes to mind about like a, a, an awesome memory of a Wolves player really enjoying
2: your work or critiquing your work or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Critiquing, that's the main thing. Hey, I now, look weird here. What's, uh, what's going on? Uh, probably the, the you know, it's always crazy when players uh, will see an image made on a backboard camera oh. and they'll go, how do you do that? How do you make that? Because it looks clear, because it, it's clear. It's clear. clear. It's backboard, and... Yeah. and Guy, the players, a lot of them don't even know that there's a camera behind the backboard. Like, they never see it. Yeah. You know, they're so focused I'm on what game. they do, getting the orange ball and the orange <laughs> hoop, that there's just nothing else. And, uh, which is really um, amazing to me, because I always think about, God, I have to keep this really clean looking because it'll be an eyesore or whatever. People, uh, a lot of times, don't even know that it's there. Well, there's two... Um, Two times that I think about player reactions to photos. Uh, Randy Foy saw a picture that I made once uh, of him going to the basket, and it ended up being like a four-foot by six-foot image that hung over his um, (laughs) uh, fireplace. Wow. So so that was like Foy Boy flying kind of thing. Yeah, so that was great. And the other memory is uh, Stan Love used to hit me up he'd text me every once in a while for pictures wow and he just like you know so Stan Kevin. and I had this thing going and whenever he was in town we'd visit and then he'd text me and need new pictures of Kevin and that kind of stuff so wow now cool. is that is that
0: Kevin's father father, father. yeah okay cool yeah. uh Mike is the beach boy guy beach right? Boy. Yes. right his uncle Mike. Yes. his <laughs> uncle right right cool yeah. that's great wow um okay so question number three you sit on the court under the basket during games and uh, recently the league has um, altered the amount of space designated for photographers in the area. And they've added, um, you know, these areas called esca- escape lanes. I think they added like a foot to those, um, for players. Uh, what do you think about this issue? There's been, you know, a couple of guys getting hurt and stuff like that is all, you always see players crashing into this area. Um, what do you think about the issue of, you know, player safety and, and moving that area around and have you ever been injured from a player or a ref falling on you? <laughs>
2: uh, well, um, I've had guys fall on me. Yeah. Uh, Uh, step on me most of the time is the main thing is because what you know the guys their their legs are so long they try to jump over okay and so the bigger risk is getting kicked in in the the knee in the face knee in the face uh, foot in the face that kind of thing um and the women though play lower to the ground okay yeah so the hardest i've ever been hit was katie smith came in and like Link's legend, right? Like, <laughs> got me right in the shoulder, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I thought I was out. But <laughs> oh. Survived that. Survived the Katie Smith.
0: Because you, I mean, you must have some scary moments. Because you're literally sitting on the floor right there, yeah. You know, and it's just so much action right there. I mean, you've probably had some, even if they didn't hit you, some some big humans crashing towards you and you're like oh my god well you have glasses too i I wear glasses as well come on you gotta be worried about that
2: (laughs) well i i used to wear contacts and then it was like too hard you (laughs) know when the bifocal age started then i was like nah i gotta just go with the glasses yeah but But, uh what's weirder for me is because i'm looking through the lens my depth perception gets off like how close these guys are to me so sometimes i start flinching and they're not even close to me. Yeah, so <laughs> Premature it's flinch. like yeah, so it's like oh so I hope I go I hope that's not on sports center you So know, what was one. the whole
0: movement, making the you know escape lanes bigger was that a thing was that a big thing for you? I know you're just one person in, and it is a I mean you have a, you know probably an assistant and d- different people you're working with but the lesser space there is that a big deal or is it really a, a non issue for you because you're just one person? Out
2: of well, lots? uh Where we sit is different. So we're further out from the basket. I see. uh, And so I have the ref in front of me more Mm. than I did before. Um, But, no, I think this is – it was a necessary move Mm -hmm. for the league. Um, The player's safety is most important uh, anyway. And so my position has always been wherever they tell me I can go, that's where I'm going to go. I'm not – I'm just happy, you know, that they haven't said, you know, turning your keys (laughs) kind of thing. Um, So, but actually, I think it's better. I mean, uh, there's fewer positions on the floor. So, having the appropriate credential to be on the floor uh, is more important. Uh, There's, um, you know, it's all really, the people that are on the floor, legitimate media um, outlets, uh, doing really uh, credible things, you know, recording the game in incredible ways. So I think that's really good. I think that's been a step up. Um, and you know, but you know, sometimes if there's like four TV feeds, we get pushed way out or something. And so that's kind of a pain, but you know, again, it's, that's the environment we work in.
0: Yeah, totally um yeah well i mean you've being around the the game for the last 20 years you must have seen you've probably seen the game change too i mean these days it seems like it's so much faster and more emphasis on fast break and spread out the floor and everything i wonder if you know part of that too is like you need that extra space for today the modern game more than you did those years ago to have those exit lanes where guys can just run out and keep going or whatever you know i wonder if you know that is you know part of this as well as the game has changed
2: the game has changed a lot and uh, especially as it relates to player injuries um, and taking more precautions uh, yeah. against injuries. It used to be that you'd say, oh, that player should play through that injury. You know, a real <laughs> a real man will play right through it. Tough you know, it out. Or t- tough it out. <laughs> well, we know that that's dumb, <laughs> right? you know? And all you have to do is look around and look at the the retired guys and they can hardly walk down the court. Yeah. You see McHale, see Kevin McHale, uh, a lot of these other guys, they just, just limping, limp. They limp. They can't hardly get it. It hurts to watch them. So the players have better trainer, not better trainers. It's a different philosophy. Yeah. And it's a philosophy of uh, longevity of career and, um, a lot more skill and not just bullying down down under the basket and pushing <laughs> yeah. your way in. It's a lot more finesse and a lot more skill. Yeah. So um, I think that the the overall sensitivity about player health has uh, really improved the game.
0: Cool. Uh, question four, piggybacking off that, um, what's the biggest difference in your job now? So this is more about photos rather than nba basketball um now versus 10 years ago like pre-social media like what have you seen from the social media area that's changed your industry and and as far as what you do especially with with you know with the nba with how you know those photos get out there how your work gets shared how your work gets seen elsewhere what have you seen and what are some of the pros and cons i guess uh, from your perspective from the photo world uh from the social media era, instagram uh facebook everything like that
2: well, first of all, I love Instagram. Yeah. I mean, that's how I know you. Yeah, totally. And, you have like um,
0: 10,000 followers on Instagram or something. No, you, not 10. You, you got a lot. Not, not, not that lie. many. Yeah.
2: <laughs> We're working at it. Yeah. We're working at it. We'll have it's a party perfect. when I hit 10,000. Yeah. So all, right. all you listeners, David yeah. underscore Sherman.
0: Yeah, we'll link it up. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, the immediacy of wanting those images is just crazy. Um, and that might be from the team perspective to get... Uh, some teams have stuff up on the scoreboard almost immediately, pictures up. Wow. Um, but to get things on Instagram, to announce the game, uh, halftime score, first quarter score, uh, it's just uh, there's a huge, huge push. And it's not only the teams, you've got like uh, Slam Kicks, you know, and all these uh, accounts that look at uh, just the shoes that players are wearing, oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, they're putting stuff up right away. <laughs> so, um, our cameras are tethered. So the, the cameras that we use have a ethernet port in them and we have a ethernet cord that plugs into the camera, goes into a modem behind the basket And that cord that goes from the modem goes right to New Jersey. So our... Secaucus. uh, Secaucus, (laughs) yeah. So our editor, our game editor, is sitting in Secaucus, and he's doing our game, and um, he or she is doing our game, or maybe we're one of four or five games that they're editing. And they're pushing stuff out as fast as they can. So... uh, And sometimes if there's... um, uh, overtime game in New York or someplace else then our game doesn't get looked at. And we look at what's been posted and we're going, Hey, why aren't you looking at our game? What's what, how come our pictures aren't being posted? How come they're not <laughs> out there for distribution? And, um, so this whole, get it out there fast is yeah, a real, go, go, go. go, go, go is so a real different. gets it
0: in New Jersey. And then does the team also get the images Pretty quick like as they're happening as well to use like you're saying to use in social media posts throughout the game to use in the scoreboard you're, those photos also go to the team right away right uh
2: the our Im- the our workflow is uh goes from my camera right to new jersey oh so they have if to they, wait the team has to them, wait and then they post them on getty images okay. and getty's the distribution nice. we upload all of our images to the team at the end of the game cool yeah
0: wow yeah. things changing yeah um
2: and it used to be film yeah. Used to when Whoa. I started next day, <laughs> when I started, uh, game buzzer, uh, game over. Within about five minutes, I had a courier a guy standing over me with a bag waiting for my film, and I had to bag and label all my film and how I wanted it processed. And they took my film and the game tape, which was probably like a VHS, VHS. tape Whoa. or something. Um, and they went from Target Center right to the airport, it went on a plane, went to New Jersey, and by seven o'clock in the morning New York time, my film was getting processed at the lab in, in New Jersey.
0: It doesn't seem like that long ago, but that just sounds crazy. Like, yeah. nowadays that sounds insane, but that was not that long ago. <laughs> right,
2: right, and we'd, we'd be on the phone, we'd, you know, how's the film look? Right. What's the test, what's the test image look like? And. And the people at the lab would be describing the film over the phone. Mm-hmm. It was wow. crazy. Wow.
0: Okay, uh, question five here. Last question, David. Uh, you've been with the team for over 20 years. Are the Timberwolves going to be okay? That's kind of like an open question. You could take that as you will. Uh, you've seen the new front office, uh, or what do you see from the new front office and the roster that makes you think this could finally be it? You've seen all everything. I, I talked to Jeff Munich on the last uh, five questions with, and, and kind of the same thing. You've seen a lot. You've been here for a while. You've seen a lot of this stuff. So is the team going to be okay? There's a lot of angst in Timberwolves fandom. You know, lots of people think it's cursed or whatever, but like, is it going to be okay? And what, what's something that you see from the current, you know, regime that uh, has, has you excited?
2: Oh, these guys are great. Yeah. I love these guys. Um, and I haven't always been able to say that. Okay. You know, uh, you look at the different teams, makeup of the teams, and you kind of go, oh, okay. But I mean, these are great guys. These are great kids. The personalities. Personalities are awesome. Um, The players, guys on the team, uh, guys in basketball operations. I mean, Coach, Scott Layden, all the guys that work for them. These guys are great guys. I mean, (laughs) they're – you just – you want to go and have dinner with them. They're just super smart, super – Uh, Smart about basketball, super interesting in terms of their what else is going on, you know, in the world. Um, And they just they got it. They get it. And And that gives you hope. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and um, these guys have hops. I mean, Zach and Andrew and Carl. I mean, you know, it's just it's really fun and it's fun for me. To try to capture that, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, hopefully you'll be shooting Timberwolves playoff games rather than uh, playoff games run the league. Or, yeah, well, <laughs> so uh, like that suit.
2: I intend to be working in Minneapolis in June very soon. <laughs> June, all right, <laughs> yeah. there we go. Yeah.
0: All right, David, thank you for joining us on the show today. Where can people find you online? Where can people find your images? Uh, what's your What's your, your Instagram handle?
2: Instagram is uh, David underscore Sherman. Great. Um, Photos can be seen, uh, Timberwolves site, uh, timberwolves.com, nba.com, uh, sometimes in uh, various magazines, publications, and um, around the walls of Target Center, I guess, yeah.
0: <laughs> Love it. Thanks for being uh, on the show, David.
2: Appreciate it. Well, thanks it. for having me. It's been fun. Awesome. Thanks.
0: All right, up next, Worried, Not Worried.
1: I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm freaking out here.
0: I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Why would I be worried? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. You're not worried, are you? Worry, not worry. The segment where we gauge whether we are worried or not worried about a number of topics. It's more important than ever now because
1: basically my... Average state uh, uh, of just living and existing is always in like the mad yeah. rat anxiety zone. Yeah. I got I'm worried about everything 24 seven. Like I I've gotten like a couple new ulcers you know <laughs> since in the past few weeks. And I'm worried so, about your ulcers, Scott. That's what I'm saying. Like I really need to know what I need to be worried about or not with the Timberwolves, so I can at least not worry about
0: something. All right, worried not worried, Scott. Towns is getting beat up this season. Are you worried? Yes, I am. Oh, we've had the health and uh, you know.
1: I think that it's so crucial. You know, we're growing. Health and, and is important. And Tibbs is like, these guys got to play all this minutes. It's crucial for the development. So what would be just devastating to Towns's development would be to miss a critical amount of time and, uh, you know, once you start getting injured, it's easier to get injured again in the future. Just look at Anthony Davis. Yeah. And so injuries are going to take the bloom off the rose real quick if that starts becoming Towns' MO. And he's getting slammed. He's getting hacked to pieces because big guys know, oh, you're you're the hot stuff right now. Everyone's calling you the, the new like breed of centers. You're the future of centers. And, the, and the, meanwhile, these centers are like bulky dudes. And DeAndre Jordan's like, let me push you around and show yeah. you who's really the all-star center here. It's getting you know? to be
0: a thing where it's like, it's the game plan, like to right. to, to to bang up town. Even Tristan Thompson uh, during the Cavs bruises. game was just
1: beating him up, and so like that's that's the mo right now. Is you can get away with it. The refs aren't yep. calling it a lot. You see towns get frustrated constantly about it. And, uh, you know, uh, I know we always say when he's not 21, when he's like 25, he's going to start getting some man <laughs> muscles and then not he's be able to take the blows and stuff. But not I'm just yet. saying I get worried because you see him just getting hammered nonstop.
0: All right. I'm with you worried on this one, too. We, we agree. Worried.
1: Stop we're, beating up my big man. All right. What's we need next? an enforcer on this team. This is one thing we're saying is, especially now that Adrian Payne's not playing, we don't have a like a crazy guy, like a guy who will throw a punch. You know, we need somebody who right. is like going to run to the... Like, whenever Towns... is going to hit. actually
0: play because Adrian Payne is that crazy. Guy. Right,
1: but he never plays enough. So we need somebody who has that edge on the floor where if somebody hits Towns hard, they run up and get in that guy's face. Let's get Matt Barnes. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's the veteran leadership we need. All right, what's next, guy? I'm worried, not worried. Uh Next up is Shabazz Muhammad. He's playing so well lately. Neil, are you worried that he might be
0: playing himself out of our price range as a restricted free agent? A little bit. I would say worried on this one. I mean, uh we talked about last week in Mailbag. I just... I think... I'm worried if you like Shabazz on this team. But yeah, I'm worried because I don't think he's long for this team. Um, But I think it will make the decision easier in a way. He'll be worth a lot more. I don't think the Wolves should bring him back. I think they can get 80% of his value um, by bringing in a vet or something like that uh, for that same amount of money, or for less, way less amount of money. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I guess if you, if you want to have him back, if you think Shabazz is a part of this team, then yeah, I am worried because he's playing himself out of us being able to afford him at this point. What about you? Are you are you are you worried or not worried about Shabazz playing himself to a big contract? Do you think he can maybe keep it into a low contract that we can afford him on? Maybe. Um. Yeah. Low I, I'm not worried. Not worried. Um, this
1: is from Zach Lowe, 10 Things I Like or Don't Like. He said, Shabazz Muhammad, the black hole. Mm-hmm. It's honestly unclear if Muhammad knows that he is allowed to pass to humans wearing the same <laughs> colored uniforms.
0: Humans. Muhammad
1: has 15 assists total in almost 800 minutes. 15 total on the season. Ricky had 17 in a game. <laughs> in 800 minutes, he has 15 assists total. Well, now 16. He made one in the Cavs game. Yeah, and everyone yeah, was yeah. like, whoa, you Freaking see that? Yeah, whenever it happens, we all we all shout about it. Uh, putting him on pace for one of the lowest assists seasons in the league history for a wing player who gets the ball so much. That dude is a complete black hole. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is I'm not worried. Is I know this is with baseball. I was thinking about some free agents for, that are still out there. I'm like, man, these guys are really good. Why aren't they getting contracts? It's because they got holes. They've got too many questions, yeah. uh, you know, and that's why they're still on the market. And I think – Shabazz, no matter how well he's playing now, he still has questions. Can he share the ball? Apparently not. This is a a guy who doesn't pass is not you know a great player. Honestly, you know he can yeah. score, but he's still so single. You know, like single minded, yeah. single minded, and he doesn't pass. And he you know Gotta help out your team. This is the first season he's been trying on defense, so there's going to be those motivation questions. I think yeah. that. If the you know if he does get an offer, I don't think it'll be too much because no team's going to throw a max at him. I no. don't think you know. So I'm not that worried. I think there's t- still too many flaws in his game, and uh, uh, hopefully he keeps playing this way for the rest of the season. Hopefully this isn't just like a hot couple weeks, and that this is the new baseline that we can expect from Shabazz. But part of me expects
0: him to not shoot 50 percent from the corners all season. You know. All right. Finally, worried, not worried. Uh, Jim Peterson stepping down from the Links assistant coach position this week. He says he's healthy, he says he's okay, but he's just stepping down after eight years of being a Lynx assistant coach. Scott, does this make you worried in any sense? Yeah, he said
1: on the broadcast that he's like always looking to challenge himself and new new do stuff, new, new things, yeah. which is just admirable as a human being, of as course, a philosophy, course, never to get of comfortable, of with where you're at. But I'm very comfortable with where he's at right now for me, and so I would yeah. miss him tremendously. I think as Wolves fans, he's such a joy. Yeah, as Wolves fans, I would be just beside myself. It would. It, he's not going to be with us forever I he's like a probably lot of parts been of the on the call broadcast, for like 12
0: <laughs> years 11 years he should be with us forever <laughs> stick around
1: uh, yeah I'm terrified because Lord knows that man's probably got better job opportunities lined up unless yeah. he's going to go be assistant coach for the Northwestern basketball team yeah, mm-hmm. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. although Sanjay's like nah, a senior fifth I think year so. senior yeah yeah, it's not going to work out but uh, Sanjay no, I, playing like cat you can tell really tell, like he's got like cat hair cut and he's like you know stolen some of cats moves I'm sure Jim pete has been showing The the game takes, you know?
0: Yeah, I think Jim, you know, I think he's, you know, I think he still wants to be a coach and I think he probably wants to be an assistant coach in the NBA. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of where we will see. Or a head coach in the WNBA. Who knows? Yeah. So I think maybe that's what we'll see next from him. Hopefully he can hang on for another year or two with FSN. I'm just
1: worried because it's like, I like Ben's, but he can't carry it, you know, if there's a bad play by play, man. And like, I've been a Twins fan. And it stinks. Dick and Bert are the two worst announcers that have ever been given a microphone. They are terrible. They ruin the experience of the game. I always mute Twins games. (laughs) Always mute Twins games. Every time. Because they are insufferable. And so I know what it's like to hate your team's announcers. Hate. Oof. All right. Protest <laughs> that. Hope, uh, a protest against Dick and Bert. Let's hope we don't get there. <laughs> and so I'm just saying. Too so worried. I, I am so worried. I love. It's the one thing that makes me feel okay when the Timberwolves pr- ticket prices go off. I'm like, more games with my buddies. Jim Pete. Jim and, Pete. <laughs> so, Jim yeah, and Dave. I'm as worried, you know. Nah, I was going to say i was as worried as I am on a daily basis about no, our future. But no, it's not different there. Thing. It's different thing. Not,
0: well, one more old surfer to the pile uh, yeah. for that
1: one. <laughs> Thanks, right. Neil.
0: That's it for Worried Not Worried. Let us know on Twitter, at WolfsCast. If you're worried or not worried about a couple of these things, we'd like to hear from you. Give us more things to worry about. That's right. Uh. All right, up next time for Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly
2: Wolfies.
0: Yep, time to give out some wolfies. They are awards. We have them uh, we have them right here in front of us. They are huge awards and uh, we will be shipping heavy. them. They're heavy. They're heavy they duty. Cost a lot to ship. We'll be uh we'll be shipping them to uh, the recipients. Um, we'll be shipping them out to these people here. Scott, you want to get us started? Uh, who's, your, who's your weekly wolfie?
1: Maybe you guys have seen it. Hopefully, you got some you know retweets and yep. follows. So maybe yep. you guys have seen it. But The, the Ringer, which isn't easy for the me ringer. to say. Yeah, it's not as easy for me to say as Grantland. And the ringer stinks that Grantland died. But they had a good piece uh, about Gorgie Jane and West African basketball. It was called uh, nice. The Seed of Senegal Basketball. And it was written by Haley O'Shaughnessy. And uh, I just sat uh, with urge you to go read it it's a good story it's you know it takes a it looks at it through the lens of gorgie jane signing his contract the the largest contract of any west african basketball player ever wow and so it goes it goes back into like how gorgie got discovered and how that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago and how um some you know the first senegal nba players went back and created a program to get kids at like in their teenage years and start like and they're developing the future and, and so it was a very interesting uh piece that it has a lot of quotes from Gorgie. Great interview with Gorgie in it. And also, it'll shed a lot of light about you know Gorgie's story. So uh, yeah. go check that out on The Ringer. The, the Ringer. Ringer. You got it. You nailed it, Scott.
0: Ah, I Don't be never so tell, It sounds the same you to me either it. way.
1: It always sounds like I'm saying it right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. In my uh, head, at least. <laughs> that's wonderful. Check that out on The Ringer. If you uh, follow us on... Yeah, that's right. If you uh, subscribe to our show, you will see that in the show notes. We will link it up there. So check it out right there. My Weekly Wolfie uh, goes to Andrew Wiggins and his what I would call slime green shoes. Shout out to Drew Wiggs, man. Right, He finally listening. Yeah, Drew Wiggs has been wearing some sweet lime green shoes. Um, And, uh, you know, this is great because it's something different for Wiggins. And, uh, you know, we got uh, Marnie Gellner. She's helping us out with uh, you know, the reasoning maybe behind uh, why he's been wearing these shoes. This is from the FSN broadcast uh, from the Cleveland game. Check it out.
2: Well, the story behind the shoes is that it was Zach Levine who actually got Andrew to wear those green shoes. Zach said that he's always telling Andrew to get a little more flavor in his life, that he's always wearing the plain blue and white or black and white shoes. And then Zach said he actually went over to Andrew's house and found a whole lot of unopened boxes of shoes and so Zach opened them up he found those green adidas he convinced Andrew to wear them and who knows what was in the other boxes we may be seeing all kinds of shoes from here on out if Wiggins plays so the well, way that he did on Monday when he first wore those green shoes
1: Well I think we remember how he played when he first wore those shoes. <laughs> oh, my goodness, after Wiggins <laughs> So maybe the spicy shoes helped out a little bit. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if he wears them tomorrow after getting beat by the Cavs. Maybe the Cavs game makes him go, okay, back to my my very you know, yeah. blue and white ways. You know, Shout out just-
0: to FSN Marnie Gellner for that one right there. Yeah, Wiggins with the... He's got the Adidas. Uh, crazy explosive shoes is the name of that model. i love that story
1: because it confirms just like you know the duality of andrew wiggins and zach and that, yeah. like wiggins has got that tim duncan kind of like yeah i don't even open the box yeah, i of got, shoes. These, I boxes. got of these boxes i'm so just whatever i just wear the white ones <laughs> and zach being like you know your nickelodeon <laughs> <teen> <laughs> choice award champion that he is being like yeah i'm wearing all the crap clashing colors like, got wait, these where's your scissors out. let me get into these right yeah <laughs> I love it. I love him coming over to Zach's house. I mean, Wiggins' house, and just being like, "This is like hoarders, man. You guys go Great through story. Some of these boxes, huh?" Great
0: story. All right, that is Wolfie's this week. Scott, are you ready to play a game? Mmm. Always. Always ready. Right here, banjo. Yep. Time to play a game. Time to play a game. Yeah. Okay. Yes, indeed, it is time to play a game this week. I'm in control of the game. Wow, weird! I'm dropping the game on Scott. It is two truths and a lie, Uh, Scott. Earlier in the in this show, we talked about uh, our friend Jordan Hill at the end of the bench. So I thought I'd give you some two truths and a lie from some end of the bench players. Okay, for the Wolves. Okay, so the first one comes to us. Uh, this is this is Tyus Jones. All right. I'm going to tell you three things. No Tyus, no peace. <laughs> I'm going to tell you three things. Uh, two of them are true. One of them is a lie. You have to tell me which one is a lie. Okay, here we go. Tyus Jones. His mantra is, write your own story. All right. His best friend, teammate in college, was Justice Winslow, and... Before being drafted, he was a member of the Minnesota Lynx practice squad. Which one of those three is the lie? Well, I three? know he was definitely on the practice squad. That's for sure. Okay.
1: But I'm pretty sure his best friend at Duke was Okafor.
0: You got it. That's Sorry, right. Sorry, Justice. Indeed, Okafor was his best Duke teammate friend. Justice Winslow also on that team, but uh, wasn't his best friend, I guess. Justice Winslow arguably having a better NBA career than Okafor. <laughs> Alright, next uh, end of the bench player For Two Truths and a Lie this week Brandon Rush Alright, for Brandon Rush His favorite NFL team is the Kansas City Chiefs Mm. He knows lots of card tricks And his nickname is B-Rush Scott, which of those three is the lie? Uh,
1: All athletes know magic tricks Card tricks So that's real um, and he went to school at Kansas So the Chiefs thing could be believable I'm gonna go with his nickname being B-Rush mm.
2: Sorry
0: It's a so lazy His NFL team I don't know what it is but I made that part up not the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, so that could be the truth. It could be a truth. Could indeed be the truth, but uh, I know for a fact that he knows card tricks, and his nickname is B-Rush. I'm going to tweet at Brandon Rush (laughs) until he just
1: tweets me back (laughs) being like, okay, the Kansas City Chiefs are my favorite team, Scott. And I'll be like, see, Neil. Enough. I should have gotten that. uh, You gave me the wrong buzzer.
0: All right, I got one more for you here. Two truths and a lie for Adrian Payne. Adrian Payne scored 41 points in an NCAA tournament game. As a child, he was diagnosed as cognitively disabled and he creates heavily auto-tuned hip-hop music under the name A-Pain. Which one is the lie? Wow. Wow. Man. I gotta say the A-Pain auto-tune? You got it. Yeah, that's clearly the lie. I feel like I would have heard that. He did put up 41 in an NCAA tournament game, and yeah, he was, as a child, diagnosed as cognitively disabled. He then went on to... Get his college degree. Nice, what a guy, four-year player at <laughs> Michigan State. That's right. You know, not as not really academically the
1: best Big Ten school, but uh, you know, it's fine. It's fine.
0: <laughs> and what would that be? Which one would be
1: the most ac- academically proven? Uh, That's alma mater. Hail to you, Northwestern. Uh, go, cats. go Cats. Go Cats. You gotta get that audio drop of of Jim Pete saying, "Go, go cats. cats. Go Cats." Cats <laughs> gonna make the tournament for the first time ever. We're coming. We're coming. <laughs> Been in, been in the NCAA for like over seven years. I've never made the dance. Go Willie the Wildcat. We hosted it once. Yeah, we hosted the very first one. I think. Lovely. So, All right, cats. that's gonna do it for this our good show. Good game, Neil. Thank this you. Week. Thank you. Yeah. You don't for you participating. know, participating. Get two so out of three. Nice job. Experience, <laughs> and you, I just thought you did a great job.
0: I did my best. All right, uh, everybody. That's another week of Timberwolves basketball. Things are looking up. Team is playing better. Thank you. We appreciate you. For Uh, You know, tuning into the show, downloading the show, streaming it on the web, whatever you do. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our weekly show about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Make sure you head over to our website and pick up a Tom Thibodeau pin. We have a Tibbs mullet pin. Uh, We only have um, a handful of them left. So make sure you get yours. It features Tom Thibodeau from 1989. Rocking the mullet.
1: We're thinking about making another pin.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're going to make another one.
1: So uh, if you have any suggestions, hit us up. We're always down for input. We got a list of our own ideas, but you know, Frequently, you guys are smarter than us, so True. all of y'all True are smarter. That. So um, if you want to hang out with us in person, you can come to my trivia nights every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At, at Darby's Pub and Grill. Oh, yeah. Got a lot of great teams that come out already, so shout out to all those teams. And uh, I will see all of you on Tuesday night, and I hope to see some of the rest of you here, especially if you're going to one of these games uh, during the homestand. You can come for like an hour and hang out and get some drinks and chat uh, before you head over to the Target Center, because it's right next to the Target Center.
0: Totally. All right, everybody, we um, will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening sh- listening to the show.
1: What do you think about that play when you blocked that shot? That was a big play starting overtime, huh? You start everything, huh? Yeah, I tried to save your ass. All right.